Welcome to Speak It On. This program is designed for the edification and entertainment of the listeners and not designed to be representative of a church, nonprofit organization, or denomination. Opinions expressed are solely those of the host. Welcome back. If you have ever had trouble memorizing scripture, then I ran across a small solution. Because as with anything, you have to start small and work big. And here's what's interesting. It's, I ran across it kind of, well, during a sermon uh, that my pastor was giving. And it's actually in... Uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Now, the section we're going to look at is 15, verses 15 through 22. This is actually at the end of the book where Paul is kind of summing some things up for the Thessalonians. Now, if you remember anything about the Thessalonians, these are the people who uh, really, really embraced the gospel the good news of Jesus, and they were so on board, and they believed it so, so hard and heavy that uh, when they heard Jesus was coming back, they literally thought, "Wow, pretty soon, like weeks, you know, days, months, maybe a week." So these people, they just like got rid of all their stuff and they were waiting for Jesus to come back. And Paul had to kind of intervene and say, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> wait a minute. Now, I love Thessalonians because in a lot of ways it kind of reminds me of today's church in some respects. From this angle, there are a lot of people that are absolutely uh, enamored is the word, but that's a fancy word. Let me let me get a little bit more ground grounded, down to earth kind of word. They're just hardcore about end times theology, uh, and I've mentioned before it's something that. Uh, that uh, MacArthur uh, calls newspaper exegesis, which basically means every little event that happens anywhere on the planet, uh, they immediately throw into some kind of wild prophecy and go off into left field, and it's a total distraction. So here's the thing. Paul's word to the Thessalonians is the same thing that we need now for everyone who is just absolutely paralyzed by end times prophecy. And that is, you need to keep on keeping on doing what Jesus asked us to do. Now, back to the primary, this section, and let me read it, uh, Again, it's 1 Thessalonians 5, 
verses 15 through 22nd. So, so this is uh, this is Paul, and he says, "See that no one repays another with evil for evil, but always seek after that which is good for one another and for all men. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing." In everything, give thanks, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Do not quench the Spirit. Do not despise prophetic utterances. But examine everything carefully, holding fast to that which is good. Abstain from every form of evil. Now, here's... There's a phrase, actually, that preachers like, and, and especially uh, southern uh, United States preachers, they like to say, that'll preach. And the reason it will is because every one of these things could be just, you know, a sermon point. Ba-boom, ba-boom, ba-boom. But here's what I, here's what I want to encourage you to do. If you don't or haven't thought about memorizing scripture. This is an example of a section that is really good for that. Why is that? Because it's short. I mean, so, I mean, verse 15, you know, has two sections to it. But look at 16. 16, rejoice always. Wow. I mean, that's almost as short as Jesus wept, which is the shortest verse in the whole Bible. Um, 17, pray without ceasing. 18, in everything give thanks, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. 19, do not quench the Spirit. 20, do not despise prophetic utterances. 21, but examine everything carefully, hold fast that which is good. 22, abstain from every form of evil. Now, the Bible wasn't originally written in verses. Verses were added. Oddly enough, if we found an original copy of the Greek manuscript, which we've got a billion copies of, not quite that many, but got a bunch of copies of, there, there, there's no verses, all right? So it was like added. But still, in this situation, take a verse. I mean, if 15 looks too big, try 16. Rejoice always. And it's interesting. You can also, and this might help in making the verse more alive for you. If you're memorizing a verse, or you're trying to, then do a little digging. Do a little digging on that verse. Get into the Bible study tools and find out what it originally says in in the Greek language. For example, let's look at verse 16. 1 Thessalonians 5.16. Rejoice always. Well, initially that sounds really you know cool. In the KJV or the King James Version, it it's rejoice evermore. Rejoice is the primary verb. It's charo. Not charo. Chero. I'm probably slaughtering the pronunciation. C-H-A-I-R long O. Charo. 
And the meaning is to be full of cheer, that is calm, happy, and to be well off. However, if you look up the real, the, the, the breakdown of that verb in the Greek, and you can do this, there's something called Robinson's Morphological Analysis Codes if you really want to get deep in that jazz. But here, it's in present tense, active voice, imperative mood, which basically means this. At no point should you ever not be rejoicing. That's what Paul's saying. Present means now. Active means it's something that's going on right now. Imperative mood means it is absolute necessity that you do it right now. And with active present, that means at no point do you stop. <laughs> you are to do it always. So from that standpoint, you learn a little bit more. Now, does that mean, oh, wow, I just had a car accident, and, you know, now I can't walk. Do, do I, you know, am I, I'm out of, throw a party? No. No, no, that's the, but what it basically is getting at, what Paul's getting at is this, look, if you have a relationship with a living God, this is as bad as it ever is going to get. Ever. This is as bad as it ever, ever will get. You, It can only get better. <laughs> so, with rejoicing, and, and, and rejoicing has kind of a, kind of a wild connotation. Uh, I like, in the uh, Strong's Concordance, where it has the word rejoice, it says to be full of cheer, that is calmly happy or well off. Calmly happy. So, you know, you may not be doing backflips, but you're telling yourself this. God is with me. Always. There is never going to be a time that God isn't with me. So because of that, I'm going to be grateful. And I'm going to thank Him for the stuff that I have. And that kind of attitude God can work with. That kind of attitude God can work with. Now, in like verse 17, pray without ceasing. We have to keep on keeping on prayer. Now, does that mean, you know, we have our eyes shut and we're driving the car and we're just trusting the Spirit to drive the car for us? No. No, what it is is it's the attitude of gratitude kind of thing that we've mentioned before, and that is that we have to continually be in a state of mind where we can talk to God. 
And by the way, if you stay in that kind of state of mind, you got to realize that sin keeps you from communicating with God. It's not that God didn't want to talk to you. It's because it's that when we do stuff that we know is wrong, that God knows is wrong, that God says is wrong, it blocks us from talking to him, not from our relationship. But it's it's kind of like, you know, turning your cell phone off. It's not that God's relationship stopped when we shut the cell phone off. But you have to turn the, the cellular, you know, the mobile, back on. And you do that by agreeing with God for, you know, that what you did was wrong if you've done something wrong. Now, you can, you can get a little crazy with that too, though, by the way, because uh, that was one of the problems Luther had. Luther uh, had such a guilty conscience that uh, the when when he was a monk that his the uh, the priest he was uh, confessing to said look look uh, Martin uh, you know quit this <laughs> you know go go and, and, t- and when you've done something really wrong you know because at that point it was like oh I stepped on a bug I feel horrible. So, it's a state of prayer. It's a communicative state and state of mind. There shouldn't be any time that we can't talk with God. Shouldn't be any time that we can't talk with God. Now, it's interesting if you if you look up the uh, background on uh, on that the phrase without ceasing. That's also in what they call in the Greek present tense, so it's happening now. It's in the middle or passive voice, which implies it's a state. It can be an activity, but it's an activity where it's something that just keeps on going that is a state of mind that you have. And it's in the imperative mood, which means it's super important that you do that immediately. Present tense imperative mood, you need to do it now. Passive means that it's a state of mind. There shouldn't be at any given point in time a... a period of time that you don't feel like you could talk to God and, and, and really bear your heart to Him. Now, uh, I pray in the car. And I've prayed other places. I've, you know, there, there are times you need, you know, for different kinds of prayer, uh, different times in your life. If you're stressed out, you might need to pray in the car. But you also don't ever... Uh, downgrade the importance of a one-to-one time where you and God can sit down and talk to each other. And what does that mean? That means where you're reading His Word and then you go and you get alone so you can focus on just talking with Him and let Him, through His Word, impress upon you things. And sometimes, sometimes the Spirit, you know, will talk to you in that Still small voice. 
and that's happened as well on the inside. Now, I've never heard what they what the uh, Old Testament calls the bat kol, the voice from heaven, uh, the one that knocked uh, you know Paul off of uh, off of his horse and put him on the ground. Hadn't had that one. But I'll tell you what, even when God whispers to you, it's pretty loud. So, I want to encourage you to memorize the scripture, and if you'll get into even those small scriptures, those little pieces, and start digging in there, you can find some pretty, fa pretty fantastic things that God wants to show you. And it's there all along. You don't have to reinvent the wheel. You know, it's, it's one of these things. Uh, if it isn't broke, don't fix it. So, as always, I want you to, to keep on keeping on. And do want to encourage you, if you feel like supporting this ministry, uh, L.A. Blackburn at Patreon. Uh, but please... Follow means give your church first. God bless. Thank you for listening to this edition of Speak It On. And as always, don't be afraid to speak the word in boldness and truth. And may God bless all of your efforts.